There's this set of piano pieces by Samuel Barber that I love. They're called Excursions 1, 2, 3, and 4. The first one is Excursions 1, Un Poco Allegro, which means a little fast. And I'm telling you this because, well, say you're sitting in the train with headphones playing Samuel Barber in your ear, and the guy next to you says, Hey, what are you listening to? And you'll say, Oh, it's the first piece in a set of piano vignettes by Samuel Barber. And he'll say, Is it fast? And then you can say, Well, yeah, you know, a little. There is, of course, another reason I'm telling you this. It's because... uh, Why was I telling you this? Hold on. You're listening to The Staple, an arts and culture podcast podcast presented presented by by the IPRC. Make sure. Oh no! I said I didn't want to do that. So let's get a zine for zine talk. Okay, here it is. My friend Jacob does something each weekend that, on the surface, is normal. He prepares all of his lunches for that week so that when he goes to work in the morning, he doesn't have to think about it. Oh, hey, Sonny. Hi, Jacob. I guess we have to do this, right? Can you please put on some pants? Really? You didn't say that in the email. (laughs) That was not mentioned. I wanted to record him making a week of lunches because, well, there's more to it than there at first appears to be. Which leads to a point that I'm constantly relearning, and that is many of the things we do which might appear rote and mindless and not worth paying attention to those can be just the things that reveal the most about a person. Anyway, I didn't realize this until I got to his place, but the lunches that Jacob makes for himself are all the same. A wrap. Wraps. Right. With tofu. Tofu. Peanut sauce. And peppers. Carrots. And carrots. And peppers. Peppers, right. Tofu, peanut sauce, carrots, and peppers. The same wrap every day. Do you make anything else? Yes, but not for lunch. So it's wraps five days a week for the last three months? Pretty much. Wow. (laughs) You don't get sick of it? No, no. I find it comforting. It's the exact same ingredients? Yeah. I continued to ask him the same question over and over, worded differently each time, but... Well, there were still wraps. I couldn't understand why someone would eat the same thing every day. We have stores with a multitude of items. Why is it always a wrap? Why not just all this stuff in a bowl? Mm. Because you can wrap the wrap in aluminum foil and then throw the aluminum foil when you're done and it's self-contained and there's no dishes to wash afterwards. Sometimes when something doesn't sound right and I can't figure out why, I just wait, let them do what they're doing, and the answers come. So first, I cube two packs of the tofu. He cubes two packs of tofu using a small knife, just a few inches long. I don't like those big knives. What do you like about that knife? Well, it fits in the drawer. While he's cutting the tofu, I notice large books on a shelf just outside his kitchen. 
This is actually, this is our wedding present. His mother gave it to them. It's a collection of five years of an old newspaper called France. Which my grandfather founded during World War II. I, I need to say, he's still cutting tofu. That's the wet slapping sound. Anyway, his grandfather had escaped to Paris and made it to London, where he founded this newspaper. Started this paper called France, which was the only free French newspaper that was printed during the war. And it was flown over by the, the Royal Air Force and like kind of dropped over the streets of, of Paris. There are 12 volumes in total. For his wedding, he was One, given 11 of them. His mom is holding on to the last one. I'm pretty sure she, she kept the last folio, so I wouldn't be able to sell it on eBay. He starts frying the tofu, and knowing that it might spatter, I put the books away. When they're lightly browned, he adds soy sauce to the pan. That smells good. Yeah, it's a soy sauce. After the liquid is absorbed, he puts the tofu in a bowl. Put the tofu in a bowl. And shakes it with nutritional yeast. Shake it with the nutritional yeast. It looks so much better immediately after it's been shaken, and then it kind of like it falls off. How much are you shaking on there? A lot. It's a generous coating. What do you like about this part of the process? Well, I just said how, how nicely coated the tofu looks. Then he offers me one. I tell him it needs salt, but he says it won't once the peanut sauce is added. I meant salt. No. Then he repeats the process with the tofu, because both packs of tofu won't fit in the same pan. This is going to progress exactly as the first batch of tofu which is all going to progress exactly as it progressed last week, and the week before, and the week before that, and the week before that. Even the different kinds of peppers I make, or I use, remain exactly the same. I ask him what he does if he goes away for the weekend. Sometimes I'll still cook like late Sunday night. Sometimes I'll just be on my own for the week. It's really stressful. After World War II ended, Jacob's family returned to Paris. It's where his mother was born. But when she was around 19, she moved to Mount Shasta, this little town in Northern California, to be with the man who had become Jacob's father. And it's where Jacob grew up. Obviously, she had her reasons for moving, but I couldn't help but think what would have been had she stayed put. If she would have stayed and bought a house by now, she'd have, like, this amazing place. And I would also be French. Yeah. I mean, and I could 100%. Stay with you. Well, I wouldn't know you. We'd figure it out. Okay. There's, there's <laughs> anyway, his mom did take him to Paris every year when he was a kid to visit relatives. We went there once a year for three weeks. That started when he was six years old, and it sounds like he mostly didn't like the trips until age 13 when he developed an interest in French culture. I started to get really interested in like Parisian history and French history and French art. I started watching French new wave movies. Then we stopped going. 
But regardless, those six or seven trips, in hindsight, sound amazing. They had family living in some of the nicest parts of town. We would stay with my mom's stepmother when we'd go, who passed away when I was about 13. And then we also had my mom's godfather, who lived right across from the Louvre. So we'd stay with them. It was nice. It sounds like, like you're rich. We're not rich. Quite the opposite, in fact. Well, the tofu is $5. Carrots are $2. That smells good. Yeah. Peppers are $3. The wraps are three dollars, the tortillas are three dollars, thirteen, peanut butters, three dollars, sixteen, orange juice is two dollars, that's eighteen, then there's molasses, cider vinegar, and soy sauce, and olive oil, which is like another ten dollars for those and that. So you're a writer. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's a really good segue. Just, just really just merged into that naturally, like you're a fast car going on to the expressway. Good, good metaphor. <laughs> Thanks. You are a writer. Yeah. Yep. After writing short stories for ten years. Jacob's starting to find his stride. In the past year especially, he's been getting published in a lot of journals and literary magazines, and he's arranged his best stories into a collection, which he's submitting to small presses and agents. The agents will take the manuscripts for free. They might not respond at all, and the presses often charge reading fees. When he stepped outside for a cigarette, he told me more about this. I've spent $100 on reading fees so far. He hasn't actually spent that money yet. He's waiting on his next paycheck. I, I have the email ready to go out, but I haven't actually submitted it yet because I'm waiting for my next paycheck. Back in the kitchen, he starts on the peanut sauce. It's a blend of peanut butter, orange juice. A bottle of orange juice. Molasses. I don't like the smell of it. And then for a little bit of spice. Some cayenne pepper. A generous amount. He then fries the peppers. I like to do two green bell peppers and one red bell pepper. Well, it adds some color. The green bell peppers are cheaper, but I like the way the red bell peppers taste. The last part is shredded carrots, which he also fries. It brings out the sweetness. While stirring, he notices that a cube of tofu is in the pan with the carrots. Like a little tofu got in there. Jump ship. It's a little stowaway. I've been stuck in ruts before. It's no fun. 
You can be there for a while before you realize it, and sometimes you need a friend to help pull you out. I realized suddenly that this was the moment to act, and I had just the idea. Will you move to Paris with me? No. Jesus. You have a, don't you have a, per, per, don't you have a French passport? Mm-hmm. And I have a, a European wife. Mm-hmm. We can both go. You can bring Oh, we can go. Yeah. Yeah. What do you, what, let's go. But having a European passport does not automatically lower the rental rates of an apartment. No, but let's think about all the nice things. There are nice things about moving to New York or San Francisco also, but I can't afford to move there either. I can barely afford to live here. There's all the French people on the streets. That's nice. <laughs> I do miss that. There's the subway. Yeah. The metro. There's a lot of French people on this subway. Metro. Metro. Are we going to the Eiffel Tower? Maybe. You hate the Eiffel Tower. I don't hate it. This is our stop. So we give our tickets to this guy. What's he telling her? Uh, hold on. Uh, he's saying we can only get to the second balcony from this side. But if we want to go higher, we can buy another ticket up there and go to the top. Whew, a lot of steps. Yeah. So many different languages here. Tourists. so quiet at the top. Everyone got real quiet. Does it look the same? That's what? From when you were a kid. I, I suppose so, yeah. What What's that park over there? The Trilleries. Can we go there? Uh, sure, I think. Uh, let's see. Um, it's probably... We should take a bus. Wow. 
There's a lot of French people on this bus. Yes, honey. What are those kids saying? Something about airplanes, I think. So, wow. This is a park. Over here, you'll like this. Um, they uh, rent wooden boats to uh, kids for something like two euros for 30 minutes. And uh, the kids get these long sticks like um, pool cues and they uh, launch them across the pond. Oh, this is so cool. Yeah. Can we go to the Sacre Coeur? Uh, I think there's a metro over here. people on this subway. Metro. Metro. See, I told you, people sing in the churches here. People sing in in most churches. Yeah, but here they, what is that, Latin? Yeah, it sounds like Latin. Isn't this great? Yeah, it's nice. Uh, It's not reality. What's more real than this? Shredded carrots. What? We're done now. Oh, right. He opens a drawer and takes out the aluminum foil. His kitchen is perfectly organized. His entire apartment, really. There's not a speck of dirt anywhere. And here's where I've realized that I was completely wrong. The phrase, stuck in a rut, is too easy. I was blindsided by the idea of Paris and the vague possibilities it offered. And then, without even trying, I stumble into the answer to my very first question. It's so perfectly organized, everything. Yeah. In a lot of ways, I'm envious because my house is such a chaos. 
Well, it's a blessing and a curse. Yeah. Now I'm tearing out six sheets of aluminum foil. This is six wraps. And each one gets its own sheet of aluminum foil. Have you always, like, in your whole life, the childhood, have you, have you always been so meticulous? Yes. Really? Yeah. There, there wasn't a point where you're like, something happened, you're like, okay, I gotta just keep everything organized and... Well, I mean, I'm sure as a baby, I was probably messy. Like, I probably didn't hold my bowel movements to, yeah, okay. to when they were appropriate, but I was always had, like, a certain OCD tendency, but then there was a certain person in my family who was an alcoholic, and that kind of, like, triggered the OCD tendency into more of a coping mechanism. So like I always like enjoyed having things be in order, but when that presence came into my life, it became more of a necessity because like so much of her there, so much of, of, of their like presence was unpredictable and uncontrollable and, and like, you know, you didn't know from one moment to the next if something was going to explode. I mean, do we have to hide this? It was your stepmom and dad? Stepmom. Just stepmom, not mm -hmm. dad. Okay. Can we say that? I suppose so. Okay. So once, when she entered the picture, like, it was such a volatile experience that, that like, the order and, and control over things became much more necessary. What age were you? Four. I've heard this theory that, that a lot of people, not that, like, a lot of people who have had alcoholic parental figures, um become OCD, but most people who have OCD had an alcoholic figure wow. in their life. Um, I mean, it's not science, it's not a scientific study, but, uh, and so like, I can like, I can trace the root of it, but it's still, it doesn't really affect it. Like it doesn't solve it. There's this new floor that they just put in our, in our kitchen. And if one of the tiles was slightly off, it would drive me crazy and I would have to get it fixed. Or I would, I would end up fixing it myself. You really can just let go? No. Well, once it presents itself, like you, you, well, you obsess about it, hence the, the O. <laughs> Until you're compelled, hence the C, to do something about it. Hence the D for doom. 
Well, the D is for disorder. Uh, but but <laughs> it's, it's nice to consider this maybe an OC do. You're, you're a doer. <laughs> you know, there'd be much less stigma if it was OC uh, as a compulsive doing. <laughs> I think it should be. So what are you doing right now? Uh, so I I just uh, microwaved the tortilla for thirty seconds because I find it makes it more malleable. And then I put the strip of aluminum foil underneath it. And then the mixture of tofu, carrots and peppers and onions. And a little dollop of the peanut sauce. And then I wrap it. So different people have different things that they obsess about. Um, some people, it's like you have to wash your hands three times or lock and unlock the door 11 times or... Um, it's, it's not to a stage where it's Disabling? Yeah, you're eating. Yeah. <laughs> In a very organized manner, actually. <laughs> very controlled and uh, prescriptive pattern. <laughs> so I, I, don't, I don't have a problem. Yeah. <laughs> but like the weird thing that I found is that it presents itself at two opposite ends of the spectrum. So like, Cleaning like the apartment and making sure the apartment is like vacuumed and the dishes are done is kind of how it normally presents itself to me. But the strange thing is that like I'm compelled to do that usually when there's like some kind of trauma. Right. For example, my dad was diagnosed with prostate cancer a year and a half ago and he's fine now but like right after he was diagnosed I came home and told Amy and we had like we talked about it and then I had to clean the apartment. That sounds like the greatest like you know other people might have to go smash things or go drinking you clean. Yeah. Well, it's, it's, it's not the worst problem to have. No. So this would be the last of my wraps, and then the last wrap is Amy's. Although sometimes at work we have, like, work lunches, and so Amy gets an extra wrap, which she enjoys. <laughs> There's something so... So sweetly dull about the life of OCD. <laughs> Welcome to my world. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost envious.
What a jerk. Jeez. Why does he even care? Yeah, yeah, it's fast. It's fast. Gosh. Just listening to my headphones. I don't even know. Whoa. What we're here. Wow. Paris. Hi, excuse me. Hello. Uh, yes, hello. Uh, uh, are, are you French? Yes, yes, I am French, yes. Wow, I just, I just got here. This is... Well, welcome. This is great. Yes. Don't you love it? Well, I live here. It is a very nice city. It is where I live. Wow. Paris, right? Yes, I must be going. I need to get back to my fancy job at the bank. Oh, oh, you have a, a fancy job? Yes, I do, at the bank. I don't know anyone here. I must be going, but if you are looking for, how do you say, companions? My friends and I, we are going skiing this weekend in the Alps. You can come if you like. Wow, that, that sounds expensive. Yes, it is. This is why we have fancy jobs. At the... At the bank. Whoa, whoa, that's, that's, the, that's the Arc de Triomphe. Wow, that's really... Wow, that's amazing. Hey, wait, you forgot your... Uh, what a funny, naive... Uh, he left his recorder. What is this note? It says... Jacob's stories can be found at jacobayello.net All of the music in this episode was performed by Lilia Boyadjieva, a pianist based in Paris. Oh, she's here. That is nice. It says she organized a composition competition in memory of her daughter Nathalie. To learn more about this competition, visit the website www.concours-composition- de bacojazz.com that is c-o-n-c-o-u-r-s dash composition dash d-e-b-e-c-h-a-u-j-a-z-z.com this episode was produced and edited by Sonny Blackinger and presented by the IPRC whose mission is to facilitate creative expression, identity and community by providing individual access to tools and resources for creating independently published media and artwork. For more information, visit iprc.org. Thank you for listening.